The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings, pet lovers. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You know, I just saw the most amazing cat video on TikTok, and I really wanted to share it with you. Well, in this viral post under the name of The Lexi Bunch, a woman explains that her cats, Leo a ragdoll and Tink a Maine Coon, asked to go out for a late night walk. The clip shows the cats meowing, running down the stairs and waiting for their owner to prepare them for their outdoor adventure. Well, after the cats are harnessed and leashed up, they run through the door to the outside with such excitement and joy, just all about being taken out for a walk. You know, many cat owners harness and leash train their cats. Walking your cat on a leash provides great mental and physical stimulation. But right now, you're probably thinking, It may be hard enough to train a dog to walk on a leash, but what about a cat? Well, if you want to train your cat to walk on a leash, you're going to need a lot, a lot of patience. Firstly, if you're going to undertake this new endeavor, you want to make sure that your cat is updated in all their vaccines. You're also going to need to treat your cat with monthly flea and tick medication. Now, this is also not only for their health, but for your health. Next, you will need to find a soft-sided harness as well as a leash. I like the products from Sturdy Pet Products. They have wonderful feline products, and you probably will end up buying more than a harness and a leash every time I visit that site. I do. Well, once your cat is used to being leashed and harnessed, start by walking him or her around the house, leading them extremely gently. Never pull them hard or dragging them. You want to enjoy the experience. Then, of course, you're going to slowly introduce them to the great outdoors. Your yard is really the best place to start. And then you want to move gradually to the front yard so that they are used to the sounds of the street and the cars going by. And once you find that they enjoy this new experience, then you can start out by slowly walking them down the street. You know, not all cats will really enjoy a walk, but if you find that at any time the cat doesn't like walking outdoors, You're going to have to find another way to provide them with exercise and mental stimulation. All I can say is give it a try, just like Lexi and Tink, and let me know what you think. And if you do walk your cat on a leash, hey, send me a picture. I like to put it up on our social media channels. But now it's time to move on. So let me give you a rundown for this week's show. Well, this week on the Pet Buzz, I'm talking about a resident cat who's become quite famous due to her living in a hotel. Dr. Candace Crony will be visiting with us from Purdue University and talking about why diversity is necessary in the veterinary profession. We're also going to be talking about if cats can really see color in the Pet Buzz mailbag. And for those of you who are camping aficionados, now is the time to update your gear, especially if you enjoy camping with your dog like I do. We're also going to talk about how to save money on pet dental care and 
February is National Cat Month. It's a time to ensure our feline friends have a clean bill of health and a good reminder to schedule wellness visits. It's also a good time to lend a hand to those caring for cats and kittens who are waiting for their forever homes. Well, joining us today is Hannah Shaw. Hannah is a kitten rescuer, humane educator, and a New York Times bestselling author who has dedicated her life to finding innovative ways to protect animals. Her project, Kitten Lady, strives to create global change in a way we perceive and treat the tiniest and most vulnerable felines. Kitten Lady provides educational media, training resources, and instructional workshops that help individuals and animal shelters learn how to save the lives of kittens. Additionally, Shaw is a featured expert on Animal Planet and has several awards for advocacy work, including the 2019 Cat Advocate of the Year Award by the ASPCA. Welcome to the Pet Buzz, Hannah. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Hannah, how many cats are brought to shelters each year and how many will find forever homes? Well, unfortunately, we are seeing high numbers of cats entering shelters every year. About 3 million plus are entering our U.S. shelter system. And sadly, we still do see, you know, several hundred thousand of them not having a live outcome. So um, there are a lot of different things that we can do to mitigate that. But we do have quite a lot of cats entering our shelters every year. So what are the top reasons that people are giving up their cats? Well, you know, a lot of the cats who enter our shelter system do come in as stray or found outside. You know, I work with neonatal kittens, so I always am advocating for people to understand not just scooping up those kittens outside and bringing them into the shelter. But like you say, we do also see a lot of owner surrendered cats entering our shelters. Um, And there's a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes it's as simple as an economic reason. You know, right now there are a lot of people struggling and um, it can be expensive to take your cat to the vet. It can be expensive to meet their needs. And so sometimes we're seeing that be a reason. Um, Some people might feel overwhelmed by the care of the cat. Sometimes it's a landlord issue. That's another reason that we're seeing cats entering shelters is people having trouble finding um, pet-friendly housing. So there are a number of factors, um, but there are so many things that we can do to try to mitigate that and stop cats from entering the shelter to begin with. Well, if people are thinking about giving up their cat, where can they find resources um, that can help them? As we know, it's better for cats to stay with their families. Absolutely. I'm totally with you on that. And anything we can do to prevent cats from coming into the shelter to begin with and keep families together is a bonus. I mean, we want people to feel empowered uh, to have the resources that they need. What I would say is in any community that you live in, um, reach out to your local shelter, not to surrender the cat, but to ask them what resources exist in your community. Sometimes there are pet pantries that are available to provide you with things like, you know, free food. Um, Some Sometimes there are even um, like foster programs where people can temporarily foster your animal if you, let's say, have a, you know, a housing issue where you need your animal to be placed somewhere for a month or two. Um, There are a lot of different ways that the community can come together and work creatively to keep animals from being surrendered. But uh, your local shelter is a great place to start and ask them what resources do exist. You know, we talked about difficult economic times. Many shelters right now are at capacity and they're also having financial difficult times because cats are not moving through and getting adopted. Mm -hmm. Um, What do shelters need to help take care of all of these cats? 
Yeah, well, you know, some people think of the shelter as like a building that has, you know, cats inside and people working there. But I think of a shelter as kind of like a base of operations, but actually it is the community that is really charged with doing the work that the shelter needs to do. We need people in the community to step up and do their part, whether that is through spaying and neutering the animals in, in their neighborhoods, um, in their homes. We need people to be volunteering in the community and also at the shelter. And then, like I said, you know, fostering is a huge one. We don't want our shelters, you know, overcrowded and packed in with all of these animals. We want them to, you know, be out in a loving home, even if they are not adopted yet. We want them to be in the safety of a foster home. So um, there are a lot of different ways that people can help. Um, you know, what shelters need, they need uh, manpower. They need people stepping up and saying, hey, I'm here. I've got like hands uh, to give you. What do you need? And they also need a lot of supplies because you know shelters that are caring for so many cats coming through they need food they need toys they need beds they need lots of litter um, there are a lot of a lot of things that shelters need and even if you can't help with time you can help with maybe dropping off some supplies and you know there's so many cat lovers out there although they might not be able to adopt another cat or foster a cat i think it was great that you mentioned the fact that um shelters do have wish lists it's usually on their website so if you are a cat lover check out your local shelter see what they need and that might be simple as bringing some extra cleaning supplies or like you said some gently used toys that another cat could benefit from well hannah talk to us about cat's pride and how it's helping shelters with their litter for good program I absolutely love the Cat's Pride Litter for Good program. I've worked with it for many years now, and I've been able to see the benefit. Um, what they do is they actually provide litter donations uh, to shelters. They've provided more than 30 million pounds of litter to shelters in need. And this month, in honor of National Cat Health Month, there is this great campaign called Give Shelter Cats a Clean Start. They are doubling down on their donations and actually donating two pounds of litter for every single jug that is sold of the Cat's Pride antibacterial clumping litter this month. So that is good news for people in our homes. You know, we can purchase the antibacterial litter and have a sanitary environment in our home, but also know that we're doing a lot of good all throughout the month of February, two pounds donated to shelters. And that does go a really long way for shelters in need of those supplies. Well, we need to take a commercial break and return in our next segment with Hannah Shaw, a.k.a. the Kitten Lady, discussing how Cat's Pride is making a difference in thousands of homeless cats across the country, as well as their shelters. Also in our next segment is the Celebrity Pet Buzz and Pet Money Matters. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called Nature. 
Nature's Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. You'd never knowingly feed your pup mystery meat or spoiled grocery store food. So why are those some of the most common protein sources in kibble today? Yep, the dog food ingredient, meat meal, can be made of spoiled supermarket meat and packing plant scraps. I'm veterinarian and Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet similar to what they would eat in the wild. That's why I developed Nature's Blend, a freeze-dried raw food made with premium cuts of meat, omega-3 rich seeds, and superfood veggies and fruit. Daily is 12 years old. He has been on your food for nine bags now. Nature's Blend is pantry safe and has zero artificial preservatives, additives, filler, or meat meal. He's got more energy, able to run around and play when our grandson comes. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I can't thank you enough. He's 12 and I'm enjoying every day with him. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by me, petrondologist Charlotte Reed. Well, let's kick off this segment with Celebrity Pet Buzz. When you buy Girl Scout cookies from Luna Legend, you also get a free pet. And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? Luna, the daughter of John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, has been selling Girl Scout cookies with the help of their rescue pooch, Petey, the standard poodle. Petey was a rescue dog adopted in January of 2020 after Petey and his canine siblings were featured on the Ellen DeGeneres show from Wagwise Rescue in L.A. In Tegan's Instagram post, the young entrepreneur and her canine sidekick are dressed to impress Luna in her Girl Scout uniform and Petey topped off with a brown beret. Well, as a sales strategy, Luna offered a free pet of the dog with a cookie purchase in her IG post. Tegan questioned Luna about a free pet. Well, Luna confirmed customers get to pet the dog, not get Petey for free. Well, we're back with Kitten Lady Hannah Shaw discussing how we can help shelters in need during National Cat Health Month. Well, I was perusing the Cat's Pride website, and according to their website, cat lovers are one click away from helping shelters, including their favorite shelter. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Well, right now through the month of February, there is a great campaign, the Give Shelter Cats a Clean Start campaign. Everybody who is purchasing litter this month, if you pick up a jug of the Cats Pride antibacterial clumping litter, you're going to be also contributing two pounds of litter to shelters in need. If you do go to catspride.com slash clean start, you can find a retailer near you. You can also check out more about their litter for good program. And one of the things I love about that program is you can actually nominate your local shelter. So just through like the click of a button, you can nominate your local shelter to receive some of that much needed 
litter donations. And that's great because in that particular program, uh, the loyalty program, there are other benefits like receiving coupons and getting information on the website and actually it'll be um, emailed to you. Uh, but join that Cat's Pride, as Hannah said on their website, catspride.com. Join the club and help your favorite shelter by donating them. And then they could possibly qualify for the program Hannah just talked about. You know, I love companies um, that love to do cause-related marketing, that love to give back to the communities, especially our animal community, since we are pet advocates, you specifically are a cat advocate. I love that. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give us a website where we can learn more? Sure. So if you are interested in learning more about fostering or helping shelters, my website is kittenlady.org. And of course, if you want to help through the Give Shelter Cats a Clean Start campaign, you can visit catspride.com. Well, thank you so much for appearing with me today. I really appreciate having you and it was a pleasure meeting you. I'm a fan. I've been a fan for a while now. Well, just to remind you, everyone, that was Kitten Lady, Hannah Shaw. Fabulous, fabulous gal discussing how Cats Pride is making a difference and helping thousands of homeless cats and shelters across the country. Learn how to save money during February as Pet Dental Health Month. Pet Money Matters with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Dental care is more expensive than most dog owners expect. For a teeth cleaning, dogs are usually sedated for the procedure and then their teeth are clean. The cost is anywhere from $300 to $1,000 plus depending on your veterinarian and where he's located. Additionally, if your pup has cavities or other dent health problems like needs to have his teeth pulled, you will end up spending even more money to get these problems fixed. So you should always do everything you can to keep your pet's mouth in great shape. And this really means brushing your pet's teeth regularly, you know, once or twice a day, use a canine toothbrush, which the brush head is really smaller and canine toothpaste, which neither one is really expensive. So if you start when your pup is young, he'll probably learn how to tolerate the procedure without too much fuss. To promote regular dental health sessions, end with a pet and a treat. Ka-ching! I just kept more money in your wallet. Living in hotels is rather chic these days. Some residents swear by it, including four-legged ones. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. Well, the Landsborough Hotel in London has hosted many celebrities, including Madonna, Stevie Wonder, Sylvester Stallone, and others. But one resident is quite famous for her residency. Lilibet, a long-term resident of the establishment, has a designated hotel committee who looks after her and tends to her every need. As a result, this Siberian forest cat is the queen of queens. Humans aren't the only ones who tend to pack on a few extra pounds during the winter months. You know, our pets are susceptible to some unwanted weight gain as well. Being just 10% overweight reduces your pet's lifespan by one third and predisposes him to a variety of ailments ranging from arthritis and diabetes to cancer and heart disease. 
The single most common cause of obesity in pets is well-meaning pet owners who, in the spirit of giving, indulge their pets too much with oversized portions and excessive treats. So if your pet needs to lose a few pounds, Slim Paws is the answer. Slim Paws is a safe, fat fighter blend of ingredients that you know, blueberries, vitamin B, and leucine that can help your pet lose 20% of his body weight in only 90 days. The program's simple. One Slim Paws heart-shaped chew twice a day. Losing weight will make him a happier, healthier dog as the warm weather approaches and you guys want to spend more time outside. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Well, in our next segment, the I Likey of the Week, the Pet Buzz Mailbag, and our next guest, Purdue University's Dr. Candence Crony. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. Dog parents are loving Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend Premium Dog Food. The way she acts and the way she moves, it's just so much better. And she actually, she's like a puppy again. It's unbelievable. Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend is a freeze-dried raw food made with zero artificial preservatives. So it's naturally shelf-stable with no mess, freezer, or fridge required. Plus, it's full of premium turkey, beef, salmon, and meat your dog will love. We started with Nature's Blend. She's happy. She sleeps well. She's energetic. I am just delighted with this product. When given the choice, Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller in dry dog food, 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. I am so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get a free bag of delicious beef liver treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Study available upon request. What if you could help turn back the clock and help your dog play like a puppy again, no matter their age? Introducing Dr. Marty Pet's Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine. Dr. Marty is now helping dog parents right at home. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high-meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Nature's Blend is designed to support your dog's healthy lifespan with turkey, beef, salmon, duck, seeds, veggies, and fruit, and with zero artificial preservatives. When given the choice between Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller in dry dog food, 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Study available upon request. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. Now is a good time 
to research, replace, and buy necessary camping gear for you and your dog. It's genius. It's to die for. Safety should always come first when you are camping, as it only takes one mishap for your entire camping trip to be ruined. And that's why it's a good idea to have an excellent first aid kit for you and your dog. The Adventure Medical Kits ADS Me and My Dog Kit has a comprehensive first aid solutions to help both you and your four-legged hiking buddy. Made in the U.S., this first aid kit includes human and canine first aid essentials like ointments, eye washes, emergency coal packs, bandages, emergency blanket, tick remover, and more. Check out the Adventure Medical Kits ADS Me and My Dog First Aid Kit at REI.com. Mail call. What can dogs really see? Can they see color? Joanna writes from Cleveland, Ohio, that her new pooch, Dodger, seems to like certain colors of toys, even if they are the same toy type. You've got mail. Hey, Joanna, thanks so much for writing. While dogs are not colorblind, they do possess fewer color-sensitive cones in their eyes than humans. Although not in the same way as humans, dogs can see color. They can see blue, greenish yellows, and yellow along with various shades of gray. But it's important to note that dogs see better in the dark than we do and that their eyes adjust to the dark faster than ours. Joanna, I hope this information helps you. Please send us a picture of your dog playing with his toys so we know what toys and color preferences he prefers. Well, it seems as if our next guest is on the phone. Well, diversity is a critical issue facing veterinary medicine today. In the United States, veterinary medicine is currently one of the least racially and ethnically diverse fields. Nearly 90% of veterinarians are white, while less than 2% are Latino and Hispanic, and nearly none are Black. Well, joining us today to discuss why diversity matters in the field of veterinary medicine is Dr. Candace Crony, the Associate Vice Provost of Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging at Purdue University. She is also a professor of animal behavior and well-being, as well as the director of the Center for Animal Welfare Science in the Department of Comparative Pathobiology. Welcome to the Pet Buzz, Dr. Crony. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for having me. Glad to have you come and speak. Actually, Dr. Crony and I met through a, a mutual friend. He told me we'd hit it off and have to say we have. What does it mean by diversity? Well, there are a lot of different ways people think about that term, but I like the definition that the vice provost I report to uses. And he describes diversity as excellence expressing itself through the intersection of lived experiences and perspectives, right? And in that instance, um, what he's describing is diversity as a really dynamic process and that it's it's much broader than race and ethnicity, though it certainly encompasses those aspects. Um, I also like to think of diversity as difference that actually makes a difference in our lives. Cool. That's a nice way to put it. So talk to us about the barriers to diversity in veterinary medicine. In veterinary medicine, there, there are some particular barriers that I think many 
many people, especially people um, of color who might be interested in becoming veterinarians or participating in the veterinary field might run into. And some of these include factors like how they are recruited, who we are recruiting, how we're going about doing that recruiting of who comes into the field. Oftentimes when we think about students who are applying to um, colleges of veterinary medicine, um, factors we look for include lots of experience with animals, right? And documented experience. And, and many of our students, depending on where they are, what their backgrounds are, what access they've had to veterinary medicine, may not have had as much experience as, as others who are in different positions, right? There's also the cost of veterinary medical care, and certainly the cost of attending veterinary college can be a barrier for some people. Um, and there's also role modeling, right? Who is in the field and who reaches out to you and potentially serves as a mentor, a coach, or a role model may influence who all shows up in the field. And so I think all of these factors come into play. Sure. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Dr. Candace Crony, Associate Vice Provost of Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging at Purdue University. She is also a professor of animal behavior and well-being at the school. Dr. Candace, can you explain how does diversity benefit the veterinary profession? Absolutely. In order for the veterinary profession to ultimately best serve all of its, consist its constituents, we need to have veterinary medical professionals of all kinds who really can be matched up with members of the communities that um, we might be trying to reach. Um, it is important that we have diversity because different minds, different perspectives are going to give different and potentially even better and, and a greater array of tools to solve problems in veterinary medicine, but also to communicate really effectively with those who are depending on the veterinary medical communities to inform their decisions about the health of their animals and sometimes even um, issues that pertain to human health. So diversity is important for the excellence of the work in all of its different facets, how we think about the problems, how we solve the problems, how we communicate out the solutions that we are thinking about, and how we really engage with the communities who depend on, on the veterinary medical field. You know, it's interesting. In anticipation of this interview, I was doing some research, and one of the um, elements that I looked at was a Statistica study, and it talked about the growth in the animal population in relation to ethnicity. Obviously, Caucasian pet ownership has continued to grow, but it also talked about, and this was from 2017. I couldn't find something a little later than that. I'm sure it exists. I just, I couldn't find anything. But one of the things that was interesting is that pet ownership in um, African-Americans and Asian-Americans and Latino-Americans has been growing slowly, but steadily. If you are uh, a Latino pet owner, and uh, you're living, for example, um, with your mother and your mother does not feed the dog dog food <laughs> and she wants to feed it Papa's Fritas and Mule um, and then the dog gets sick. Maybe if you saw a veterinarian who wasn't Hispanic, they wouldn't understand those necessary food, which is a very big part of culture. Or your mother goes to the vet and her English isn't very good because she happened to work, she'd been an American citizen for a long time, but maybe she, you lived in a specific ethnocentric neighborhood. So 
you know, would it be to your advantage if she was the primary caretaker to be able to go to a veterinarian who spoke Spanish and understood lifestyle choices? <laughs> well, yes, of course, you're absolutely correct. And and I do want to say there are so many veterinarians out there who are really committed to providing the best quality care for their clients, whoever their clients might be. But it is really important to think about for, for some people who may be seeking um, veterinary care, if there are cultural or language barriers that might, first of all, deter them from seeking care or not give them the best quality of, of experience they probably could have if they had a veterinarian who they felt like they identified with more culturally and who they felt they could communicate with much more efficiently, then of course it's going to impact what they're doing with their pets at home. And even sometimes probably how willing they are not just to seek out veterinary care, but also to follow the recommendations their veterinarians give them. Well, on that note, we need to take a commercial break and return with Dr. Crony discussing why diversity matters in the veterinary profession. Also in our next segment is Tell Me Something Good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed here at the Pet Buzz, where urban, suburban, and country. So we're back with University of Purdue's Candace Crony. That's Dr. Candace Crony discussing the importance of diversity in the veterinary profession. You know, other than role models, do you think that different cultural views about animals have an impact on children and young adults? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we know is that Again, as we live in, in a, an increasingly global world, how people think about animals, what they think we owe to animals, how we interact with them, what roles they think animals play, how they even characterize um, you know, animals like dogs, whether they, we think about them as family members, whether we think about them as companions um, or something in between, all of that is going to be shaped by culture and experience, right? And I can tell you, for instance, um, I. I was born in Trinidad. I grew up in the Caribbean. My parents did not think it was okay to have dogs in the house. Um, my dad, who's passed on, would be appalled that my dog sleeps in bed with me. Um, <laughs> and and he would not have any um, understanding of the term pet parent and would probably roll his eyes about that. And of course, that's that's informed by, you know, how he was raised, our culture. Um, there, there are different religions that, for instance, have different perspectives on how we characterize dogs. So if you come from one of those religions, you might not think of a dog as a family member. You might think of a dog as a, a pest or an animal that's dirty and absolutely should not be in a home. So all of that is going to come into play, right? Um, and so the important thing is for us to think about all of the different perspectives that people may be coming from, the role of culture in shaping what they think about the animals we're talking about, and, and then what that means for them in terms of what they have learned, which might be very important to them, and of course is going to be very important to them, about how we interact with those animals, how we treat them. Do we seek out veterinary care for them? Do we even have them? 
um, as companion animals or interact with them in particular ways. All of that's incredibly important. But it's important to know how people around the world feel so you can help change their attitudes. And especially as a veterinarian who travels, that's something that whether they're white, black or brown or Asian, that's something that can help and also inspire children. Yes, I think you're absolutely right about that. And I think that's why conversations like this are so important. It's because so many people oftentimes don't think about their perspectives, their experiences, what shapes those are very different from many other people that we're interacting with daily. And we sort of just take that for granted, right? And so being more sensitive about why other people may have different perspectives about animals and how we treat them and how we interact with them is critical to communicating about these issues, particularly when there are sort of human health implications as well. And you've touched on some of those. We know the human-animal bond has a number of very, very positive physical and psychological benefits to people. And it's natural that we want to make sure everybody else knows about that and taps into that as well. But the way we go about making those points has got to be done with cultural and other types of sensitivities that take into consideration that everybody doesn't necessarily know what we know, think what we think, or have the same values that we do. And if what we are trying to do is make life better for people and animals, we really need to be sensitive and cognizant of those differences so that we can be respectful of other people and then we can communicate more effectively. You know, I started thinking about, you know, various communities of color, like the example I gave with the Hispanic family. And I started thinking that one of the reasons that a lot there was hesitancy in the African-American community was for the same reasons that other various people, Americans had explaining to people when talking about securing animal and human health. Correct. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, to your point who better to be able to tease out because of just lived experience and the insight that comes with that, why some people might have been hesitant to um, get those vaccines and also why it's important for them to think about what the veterinary medical community can explain to them that both influences their thinking about how to protect their own health, but also how to protect their pet's health, right? Um, I mean, there clearly were instances during COVID where people had COVID um, and were worried about, you know, how they would care for their pets. But on the flip side, there were instances where people were hearing information that pets could transmit COVID and were starting to worry about should they keep their pets? How could they interact with their pets? Um, But then, you know, when you get into different communities, some of the specific fears that people have that you've already alluded to um, might be playing in the background for them, right? Is, is Is a vaccine safe? Who has it been tested on? Um, all of these questions were were coming to the forefront for many, many people. And so for, for Black Americans, for many um, communities of color, it would absolutely, um, I'm sure, have been reassuring to many if the doctor they were talking to, the veterinarian in particular they were engaging with, um, knew enough to ask specific questions or prompt them to ask questions that others might not think to um, have brought up. And then they might have been more reassured by seeing that person and hearing their personal stories, their interactions, 
um, you know, from a personal perspective as well as from a professional perspective, because that probably for many people would have been a little bit reassuring on a different level um, than what they could get from someone that they might not as closely identify with. So I think your points are really, really well taken there. Well, Dr. Hannans, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you. Can you give me a website where people can learn more about you as well as this topic? So uh, my personal website, if someone wants to go to www.purdue.edu uh, forward slash vet forward slash discovery forward slash crony, my last name. Um, they'll find all about my research the approaches we take and how we integrate that with outreach to the public, as well as um, more formal educational opportunities um, and the kinds of, of research studies we do that we oftentimes um, ask for people to participate in. There are a couple of other websites that I would recommend that people visit. I mean, obviously, please look at the Purdue Veterinary Medical College's website. We've got an array of information that's very, very helpful for people there. Um, and then there's this lovely group. It's um, it's called CARE. It's uh, Companions and Animals for Reform and Equity. And they're doing really nice work in thinking about who's represented in the space of animal welfare, veterinary medicine, and the impacts um, for communities. Just to remind you, that was Dr. Candice Crony from Purdue University School of Veterinary Medicine discussing why diversity matters in the veterinary position. She is also a professor of animal behavior and well-being at the school. It was a fascinating topic for this particular spotlight and understanding why this topic is so meaningful. Now for the good stuff before we wrap the show for the day. And that's like... Your attention, please. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Imagine a shelter dog was the only one not adopted at a Florida event. But the situation was probably meant to be noted a Florida animal shelter. A few days after the event, a man whose family recently lost their pet called the Humane Society of Tampa Bay to adopt a new family member. At his visit, he just fell in love with the overlooked dog and knew she would be perfect for his family. He just fell in love with this gorgeous, sweet face and this wonderful personality. Now the dog, Patricia, a four-year-old terrier mix, has a new home. Well, according to the Humane Society of Tampa Bay, Patricia is a shining example of how even in the rarest of circumstances, even though you're the last one, you could still come in first. Blue ribbon performance. Now that's something good. Patricia, we wish you and your new family the best of luck and good wishes. Well, did you hear the bells? It's time for the wrap. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about March as Animal Poison Pet Awareness Month and how to start a pet business. Special thanks to our guest, the kitten lady, that's Hannah Shaw, and Dr. Candence Crony from Purdue University. And of course, we must thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And of course, our sponsor, Dr. Marty, and Dr. Marty's Natural Blend Biological Balanced Nutrition, improving pet health seven days a week for 52 weeks of the year. Now, if you have a question, write 
to us at team at the petbuzz.com and we'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcasts on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. You've never knowingly feed your dog sawdust, but it's one of the most common fillers found in dog food today. Even the ones labeled healthy can contain powdered cellulose, otherwise known as wood pulp. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet. That's why I developed Nature's Blend. She developed an aggressive cancer. She was put on pain meds just to help cope. She was limping through life and got very, very dopey from the pain medication. Nature's Blend is made in North America and is pantry safe. Not only did it pique her interest in wanting to eat again, but it started to give her some energy. After she eats, she gets very playful, has a lot of puppy moments, and she'll be 14 this summer. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I guarantee it with a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text top to opt out.